You woke? Time to get up. you awoke no speed limit podcast i'm your host alvin hey happy father's day happy juneteenth i hope you're celebrating and if it's since it's juneteenth i hope you've been buying black um we got a lot of little quick hits to talk about so here we go Wow, this uh, January 6th hearing. Y'all, have y'all been watching this? The January 6th hearing? It is something else. It's amazing to see what is going on with January 6th. Um, from the opening statement um, that on primetime on Friday night where they where they showed the um, video of the, the rioters going into the building. I've seen all of this. We've all seen this. Maybe all of us have already drawn our conclusion. That's that's the thing I'm going to talk about in a minute. But to hear the testimony of people like Bill Barr who were in the Trump administration who told him literally when he was bringing up all this stuff about how the election was stolen, to hear them say yo Prez this stuff ain't true. You lost, man. Just get over it. You lost. Then you hear from uh, about the lawyer, the Trump lawyer, uh, who who was sitting there trying to convince this guy about all of these election lies. And the guy basically uh, who was in Pence's office said, hey, buddy, I'm going to tell you right now. All I want to hear about you is that we're going to have a peaceful transition of power. He said, eventually he said, and I told him, you know what? You need to get a good lawyer. That's just scary right there. And here's the most damning take. <laughs> Here's the most damning uh, evidence of all about the, the Trump thing. If your own daughter, Trump's daughter, says, hey, I heard Bill Barr. You know, in my mind, I understood where he was going and what he was saying. I believe what he was saying. That, hey, we lost. It's time to get over. It's time to get over that none of this stuff was true. She said that. She said that. Yet Trump... Of course, came out later and attacked his own daughter, in a way. You know, he says, like, oh, she wasn't there. She didn't understand what was going on and so forth. And he's still selling around the country the big lie. You know why? Because there's so many people who aren't listening to this. They said that the only people that are in this committee are Democrats who don't like Trump and, and Republicans who don't like Trump. So why should they listen? Well, McCarthy and company had the opportunity to be a part of this committee and give, tell their side of the story. But now this side of the story is being told. So, from what I'm seeing from this hearing, what they're trying to do is build up evidence of a conspiracy. Basically that there were those who were in government who plotted the events of January 6th. Whether directly or indirectly, they plotted it. And, it, it, you know, they showed, they showed the tweets that uh, Trump was sending out that day that encouraged people like the Proud Boys and the... Um, uh, the proud and the oath keepers to continue their attack on the Capitol. It was like it was only about three hundred of them there, proud boys, so forth. But with them there, they egged on the rest of the crowd, and all of them gathered and they rushed into the Capitol. They put up a, a gallow. They were talking about dragging congressmen through the streets. 
victimizing congressmen. And then uh, there were those talking about, we're going to establish a new government on one video you watched. They were talking about how they were going to do all this stuff. You know, the shaman, you know, the crazy guy who, he said he was a shaman or whatever that was in Congress. You know, all of that was going on. And people saw those images. So people have drawn their conclusions. So logical conservatives have said, hey, I hated this January 6th thing. But they've also done this. They've also said, we got to move on. Let's not worry about it anymore. The people who did this are going to be convicted and put in jail. Whereas Democrats who are logical are saying, yeah, January 6th was a bad thing. But there's a deeper conspiracy here, and we need to worry about that. Do we have people in our government who are still there, who plotted this, who are willing to violate the Constitution of the United States to get their agenda passed at all costs? So we have to think about that. And there are some Republicans, like I said, uh, Liz Cheney is one of them, who says this is not good for America. This, is, this violates everything that they believe in. Now, let me explain something. I have an issue with institutionalists, okay? Institutionalists will sacrifice the people at any cost. And see, that's part of why January, there were people cheering for January 6th who later thought about it. Eh. There were black people who said, hey, man, I wish I was there at the Capitol with those folks. But you got to think about it. That had nothing to do with our, the issues that black people have to do with this country because, let me say this. There was white nationalism in there, white supremacy mixed in there, and it all comes from, it's all about all of that. It's all about the institution that was built that's still trying to protect this white supremacy. It's still trying to do that, even with this January 6th hearing, it's still trying to protect that dome of white supremacy in this country. Um, they put a black man as chairman of the committee, but that still doesn't mean that, uh, it has anything to really do with us. It's the liberal white, white supremacists versus the conservative white uh, uh, supremacists. The liberals don't want to lose their establishment and vice versa. It's the, centri it's the white supremacist centralists versus these neoconservative or whatever you want to call them types you know the types that are willing to be members of oath keepers member members of the proud boys boogaloo boys and the three percenters because they all were there by the way the only ones you've heard about because they've convicted the leaders of those two organizations were the uh proud boys and the oath keepers both groups immediately disbanded after January 6th because they feared getting, getting arrested by the FBI. I tell you how, how big of a cowards they were. They were they feared they were going to get arrested by the FBI. You heard January, some of the folks who went into the Capitol say, hey, we were encouraged by Trump to go into the building. Were McCarthy and all these other people they say were involved, were they involved? Were there executives of companies involved? There were... People got transported there on private planes, on buses and stuff like that. There were people there that people gave money to this, for this to happen. So we have to ask the question in this country, what kind of leadership are we looking at? Now, I will say this. If the Democrats think that by having this committee hearing, it's going to change the vote in November, it won't. Because people are only worried about gas prices and feeding their babies. And I'm going to say this, that's the worst part about it, because that's how Hitler came to power, right? 
people in Germany couldn't feed their babies. They were worried about the prices and inflation and jobs because I think their job market was awful. Our job mar market isn't awful, but the economists are warning that that unemployment will go from 3.6% to 4.6%. It could be higher. A recession is something else. But see, we don't understand the whole market process, and I'm not going to talk about that here because that's not important there. But we should understand how important this is. Who are you putting in place of the people you think are responsible for your high gas prices? Are you going to put in people that going to put you in a better situation or a worse situation? Because they'll make economics better for their people and life worse for you. You have to think about these things. People don't think about these things. They got to put two and two together. And I wish they would do a better job of doing that. Got to put these two things together. January 6th will not stop being important. Even though there are a lot of people who say we need to move past that point. People are being convicted. Every day new people are being convicted of conspiracy. And we're seeing all these Proud Boy groups and other groups that are showing up that their leadership is being taken down. That still doesn't mean that they're gone. They're still there. The whole ideal is still there. There are still people who want to take over the country. The fact that I saw the Confederate flag going through the United States more than 100 years after that war ended is tragic. There's still people who are holding on to those ideas. Those are still people holding on to this. But you know what? Everybody's still worried about gas prices. We got to admit, these gas prices right now are extremely high. I mean, it's just like stupid high. Um, and I don't know who to blame for this. And I'm not going to blame the President of the United States currently for this. Now, they have. He sent a letter to the uh, big seven oil companies in the United States. And that might be a problem. We don't have enough oil companies in the United States. Um, he sent a letter to them. And they sent back to him saying it's due to his oil policies. Well... Here's the thing, gas prices have been steadily rising since the presidential election in November of 2020. Now, uh, Biden wasn't nominated until February. Now, maybe they, they were speculating uh, speculating what was going to have it happen. Now, I know a lot of people were looking forward to the, 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 the reason was the anticipation of the end of the COVID restrictions, where people were staying at home, working at home, and all of those things. So that may be the reason why... Uh, the price of gas was starting to go up in November of 2020. Actually, it was. It was one of the major reasons why gas was going up. Uh, I believe y'all's it, it was two dollars and eleven cents, but now it's at like four ninety eight. That's the average now. That's a forty two point four percent price rise since uh, 2020. That's a major raise in, in price of gas. A barrel of crude oil is at a dollar twenty-three, $123.58, sorry, right now. 70% um, from last year. Up 70% from last year. Okay, there's several things that have happened since then, of course. We've got the war in Ukraine. Wow, this war is uh, a mess because Russia is a considered a major oil supplier in the world. 
They supply natural gas and crude oil to places in Europe, like Germany. Germany is a major consumer of, of uh, Russian oil. Can you believe they got that relationship? If you knew anything about World War II and how they were enemies and how even after World War II, Russia saw Germany as a threat, here it is, they supply all the oil to Germany. You know, the, it's not Germany is not an oil-rich nation. Uh, they actually supply uh, oil to a lot of other nations, including Italy and places like that. You know, uh, we're talking about rising prices in gas, where the grain prices are going up because there's going to be a grain shortage because uh, the Ukrainians were supplying uh, grain to Africa, which is a problem for me since I believe Africa can sustain itself. But that comes from old colonial ways of life. They've got the Europeans growing grain for people in Africa. Anyway, um, back to the gas prices. So, of course, the United States uh, actually manufactured, is one of the top manufacturers of crude oil in the, in the world. But the thing is, we produce, as much as we produce, we still consume more than what we produce. So we have to import a certain amount of that oil. 10% of our imp imports came from Russia. So when you cut that 10% out, because the United States, of course, has banned Russian oil from the United States because of their, their attack on Ukraine, that caused a, a major increase in the gas prices, even though gas prices were already going up. Let's talk about the other cause of that. Like I said, coronavirus ended. Now, if y'all remember during Corona, see, I was still going to work every day. If y'all remember during coronavirus, there was nobody on the road, really. There was no traffic. At 5 o'clock, there was really no real traffic jams. There was no slowdowns because most people were still working at home. A lot of other people were off work. Unemployment was high. I think it was up to almost 10% at one point during the coronavirus, right? So a lot of people were sitting at home. A lot of people weren't working. That's why they had all the stimulus checks and all that stuff. And then all the restrictions ended. They cut out all the restrictions. So now people are back working again. They're uh, getting on the road. But oil production has not, has not met demand. In other words, the oil productions are still at the level they were because, of course, the oil companies cut back on production. You're producing all this oil. The barrel price of the barrels drop. If you have more supply than you have demand, that means that the prices of the, the barrels are dropping because people aren't buying the gas like they would if you if you you know if the supply was meeting the demand so the supply is above the demand when the supply was above the demand the prices were cheaper like i said gas was 211 and one time it was a dollar 98 dollar 75 gas was way down right so then here's what happens after that as more and more people get on the road, you're still producing at the same levels you were during the coronavirus. You haven't anticipated anything because you don't, you know, you speculate and you might increase a little bit because people are going to get back on the road, but your gas prices start shooting up and up and up and up and up because the price of a barrel goes up as the demand starts outweighing the supply, right? So that's what's happened. That's what's happening now. It's causing it causing to go up. So you say, why don't they produce more? Well, that takes time to even get on the market if you do. And they have done it in the past, and it's caused a problem. The, when gas prices drop really low, the companies in Texas ain't making a whole lot of money. They're making a lot of money right now. So there's part of the game you have to see. You have to understand there's, there's more to the game than people tell you. 
So those gas companies are making tons of money right now while we, the consumers, suffer. And like I said, that's not the only reason. There's transportation issues and all of this. So two-thirds of all the cost of gas comes from this. It comes from the very fact of the manufacturing. It comes from marketing. It comes from transportation. Now, they're also saying they're having transportation issues. They don't have enough drivers and all of this other stuff. At the same time, since we depend on other countries, they've got to produce more oil. So I guess that's why Biden's going over to Saudi Arabia to try to push them to push out more gas. So as price goes up, see, because you got to understand the supply we have is being pushed different directions. So as the Europeans start banning Russian gas, they need gas from somewhere else. And these other countries that weren't producing enough of that, that means now they're getting stretched. So that means gas prices go up all around the world. If you go to Europe, gas is $8 a gallon. Canada is 7 now almost $10 a gallon in Canada. So it's not just the United States. It's not just what everybody keeps saying, oh, it's Biden. Biden's got to get these prices down. You know, we don't control our prices like they do in places like Saudi Arabia. It's a dollar something a gallon right now in Saudi Arabia. And that's high for them, a dollar eighty a gallon there. Uh, but they control the gas price, and then they refine their own gas. I mean, we refine ours. So even here in the United States, you can see a difference in price because of refineries. Like in Texas, there are a ton. Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, down on the on the Gulf Coast, there are tons of refineries. Gas prices are cheaper in the South than they are up North, where there aren't a whole bunch of refineries. They have to import their gas from these other states. So then the price goes up. Then you have to add in the one last thing that's on that. There's a federal gas tax, 20 cents a gallon on gas for the federal tax. In some states, Texas, I know it's 18 cents a gallon. Uh, 18 cents a gallon in gas, they add to that. So that's adding on top of your cost right now. So you've got a lot of cost coming out of, of that one gas price. So you're seeing 4.98. Like I said, here in the United States, the average is 4.98. You know, California seven dollars is a little bit higher. Then there's places like I say, eight, nine, ten dollars a gallon in Europe and, and in Canada and other parts of the, of the world. So we're not the only ones suffering right now. We're not the only ones having problems. So it's not just a Biden problem when it comes to gas. And I would like to tell people that it's really not just Biden's fault on that one thing. And I don't know if it's going to change anything or not. It's it's definitely pissing people off. So they think that uh, Biden could do more. I don't know if he could. You know, I don't know. And, and then you can't trust oil producers because they're trying to affect politics. That always happens in this game. All right. I got another quick hit for you. <laughs> Herschel Walker. Oh, God. Uh, Herschel Walker, let me say this. He was an absolutely awesome football player when he played football. Um, and, and he was something else in Georgia. I saw him in USFL when I was really young. Um, he was awesome at those things. He, he, he was great in the NFL also. Um, he also did MMA for a minute. But guess what? According to Herschel Walker, he did a whole lot more than that. He was uh, apparently, apparently he went to Quantico, trained at Quantico as an FBI agent. Uh, apparently he was also a sheriff. I didn't know all that. Uh, come to find out, however, that's a lie.
Oh, you know, all those years he spent in Georgia, he said he was uh, valedictorian of his uh, graduation class. Uh, he never graduated from Georgia. So, Herschel Walker is running for Senate in Georgia, and he's telling a whole bunch of stories. Um, like I said, he claimed he was a member of the FBI. He claimed he has all these companies and factories. Uh, he claims that one of his factories, one of the top-rated factories in the United States, actually, is not listed as a top-rated factory. He also claimed to have had a non-profit for vets, which turned out to be a for-profit for vets. And he was not, he was an investor, but he was not the owner of this uh, for-profit organization that was actually stealing money, was lying to the government, and stealing from vets. Um, uh he claimed, this was one of them, I, I heard this one yesterday, uh, he was on uh, one of those conservative talk radio shows, and you should have seen the host's face when he said, I have a mist that's FDA approved to destroy COVID vaccines when you enter a place. You just spray that mist and it, take, it gets rid of COVID right away. I have FDA approved. Maybe he had some um, hand sanitizer in a bottle or, or, or some bleach in a, a spray bottle. I don't know. Whatever that was, it wasn't exactly the truth. Uh, now, there's people in his camp that say about the whole sheriff thing. He had given some speeches in the cop for Cobb County sheriffs uh, that he had done some uh, self-defense training for women, so on and so forth. Yeah, whatever, right? Uh, I don't think any of that is true. Let's just be honest. He's telling lies. He's telling lots and lots of lies as he goes along. Honesty and integrity should be, you know, not everybody is perfectly honest. I mean, what politician is, but some of these lies are awful. Then to say, you know, he keeps ha harping on this. It's Father's Day, so I'm going to bring this up. He keeps harping on, oh, black parents, black fathers are absent in the home. Yes, there are, there is a problem in the black community where there are parents who are absent from the home, but that's not every home. I know plenty of families where the fathers are at home. In fact, I live in a family where I can't say one father is not there. And if the father is not there, one of the uncles or the grandparents have stepped, grandfathers have stepped up in place to, to be there for that child. So there's a lot of black fathers who are leaders, who are doing what they're supposed to do. There's fathers who aren't even the kid's biological a uh, person in their family who are taking care of them, who are part of their family, who are leading the way or helping that child grow up and develop in the right way that they should. So absentee fatherhood is, is not the problem it is, except when Herschel Walker is talking about it, he forgets to mention himself. He's got four kids outside of his marriage that he doesn't want to mention or tell. He's oh, I just keep this secret. It's not, it's not anybody's business that I have. He's right. It's not anybody's business. But don't try to say you're better than everybody else. Because one of his famous words is that his child, of course, is, you know, uh, that his child is an example of, how, of a good father and being there for your child. Great. Great, Herschel Walker. I, I think that's great. But at the same time, the lies are hurting your campaign. To me. Now, just like the gas prices, just like... Uh, when I talk about January 6th, people aren't really caring how, how 
about these things, they've already decided what they're going to vote for because the only thing that matters to them is gas prices, how much their bread costs, how much their for the fact they can't get baby formula. All those things matter to them. So right now, they've already made their decisions about how they feel about the election. Now, if anything changes before the election time, they may change their feeling. So me talking about what Herschel Walker does really doesn't matter. But Reverend Warnock has done is a is an excellent example of a black man who has lived a life he's a Christian, he's lived the life of a Christian, he he has a belief and a heart for people who need help. He's not about himself. Herschel Walker, from the description of all the things he says, he says he's helped people. Now I don't doubt he's helped some people, but he's about self. So that's why he's telling all these lies. I guess he's he's hoping that these lies will help him get elected. Why not just tell the truth? It doesn't matter whether you graduated from college. It doesn't matter whether you can do a good job or not at the job. But then again, he hasn't really said anything about what he can do with the job. Herschel, come on. You know, it's unique this year that we got two holidays on the same day. I feel kind of special, you know, Father's Day and, Ju and Juneteenth all on the same day. Wow. Uh, I think Juneteenth mostly will be celebrated Monday, so somebody will, a, a couple of us will get an extra off day tomorrow. Awesome. Congratulations if you're getting the day off. There are some states like Alabama and Mississippi and a few others who still don't recognize it as a paid holiday. Uh this is the same states that recognize Jeff Davis' birthday and the Confederate Day as paid holidays in their state. Yeah, you know, they can't get over that. Anyway, Juneteenth is the opposite of those two holidays. Juneteenth is a ho the day they celebrate the ending of slavery in the South. And let me explain a little bit more in detail about Juneteenth in this way. So, General Order... H3 was issued by uh, General Granger of the U Union Army, basically telling all the slaves, and the decree was sent out to all the slaves in all the villages, I guess they gathered them around, so on and so forth, in Galveston, Texas, that essentially slavery was ended in Texas. In 1863, Lincoln, at the Gettysburg Address, uh, issued the approximate Emancipation Proclamation, which freed slaves. But here's the catch. It only freed slaves in the South. So even though this general order was ordered on June 19, 1865, slavery still exists in the United States. What people don't realize, there were, let's see here, five states that were in the Union that also had slaves. That was Delaware, Kentucky, Missouri, uh, West Virginia, and Maryland. All of them saw a lot of action during the Civil War. There was a lot of battles over that area because, of course, the Confederates in the South were battling with those states. They said, well, if they're slave states, they should be on our side. Why are they on the other side? But they had a majority of their people that decided they wanted to stay with the Union. But at the same time, the Confederates knew that they had some sympathizers in those states. So, of course, they tried to fight. They tried to invade those areas and try to influence the, those uh, those followers to uh, take over in those states. And they ended up failing, thank God. 
Um, but by the end of the Civil War, there were still two slave states, Delaware and Kentucky, in the north. Those two states still had slavery even after the uh, Juneteenth Proclamation. Slavery did not officially end in the United States until December 6th, when the 13th Amendment of the Constitution was finally ratified. So let's look at this. December 6, 1865, Georgia, one of, thir uh, one of 36 states, was the last state to ratify. It needed 27 states to ratify, and Georgia was the 27th state, and they ratified uh, uh, the 13th Amendment. So we say, why aren't we celebrating December 6? We actually should celebrate December 6. But we celebrate Juneteenth as the official end of slavery, and it's called several things. Emancipation Day, uh, Black Independence Day, uh, Jubilee Day. It's all kinds of sort of different names that have been given to the day. But Juneteenth is based on that thing that... Now, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, during the war, several states at different points by the end of the war were told about the end of slavery because people were still in slavery even at the end of the war. They were still in slavery. So, several, the Union Army had to go about each state and basically not only tell the slaves they were free, they had to enforce this. Because the, these, these uh, former slaveholders captured holding people, these uh, hostage takers, these kidnappers, they... Uh, thought they could continue to hold on to their slaves even after the war was over. So that the Union had to go in and enforce this rule that slavery no longer existed in the South. Now you can just imagine this, all of a sudden you were this guy who was on a plantation, you were, you were captured by these people, you know, they were forcing you to work there, now all of a sudden, what do you do? What do you do? Now of course you're happy because you're free. You've been wanting your freedom, now you got it. And it's like, what do you do? And that's where you get into the story about different things, about, you know, people going to get in their education, people learning. There was even a story I recently read about one gentleman who eventually ended up buying, uh, I mean, ended up gaining wealth to the point where he could buy the former plantation that he was a slave on. That's awesome. Those are awesome stories. So we celebrate this day, and there's nothing wrong with celebrating the day to me as far as if you want to celebrate the day. Now, I will say this. It was, you know, officially made a holiday last year by Biden on June 17th, and of course the first day was June 19th of last year was the official celebration day, right? But it was a compromise because of other things they aren't doing. Our Congress hasn't passed the George Floyd bill. They haven't passed any of the civil rights, but I think it's H.R. 4, H.R. 1. Haven't passed either one of those. Those are uh, those are voting rights bills. We know, we've seen what's going on with voting rights, in the, and especially in these former Confederate states, right? We've seen what they're trying to do and how they're setting up the possibility to steal elections. How they don't properly, they gerrymand districts and keep black people out. We've got a lawsuit in Alabama. We had a lawsuit in in, in uh I believe in North Carolina and a couple of other states uh, in Georgia for they don't have enough districts drawn compared to the number of black people they have in the state. And that's the truth we live in today. That no matter what we think about June 19th, 
our freedoms are still always at stake. And one of the saddest truths is this. They always tell us in our in schools and everywhere to uphold the Constitution that the Constitution stands for us, our forefathers and forefathers. Who was our forefathers? Most of our forefathers were slave owners, right? So when I look at this bill and I see this, those slave owners are not my, my forefathers. They're not my forefathers. The 13th Amendment gave people who look like me freedom. You had to write it into a bill. As easily as you can write that in, it can be taken out. But my freedom is my freedom. So the reason I celebrate June 19th is because I'm independent. I'm free. I'm free. I was free. Even when you had me in chains, I was free. I am a free man. When you had people like me in chains, you didn't have me in chains. But when you had my ancestors in chains, I was free. Free. We were free people who were captured and held hostage by people in this country who thought they could make a profit off of it. I think that's where I'll end this segment. Thank you for listening to Thoughts You're Awoke, No Speed Limit Podcast. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. You have been listening to Thoughts You're Awoke, No Speed Limit Podcast.